by curiosity, she asked the trio, Was there some purpose behind your actions? Jamie readily, eagerly replied, We wondered if the ropes were linked so that two of the eight bells rang together whenever the rope for either was pulled, whether the music would still sound as it should. But just louder, George put in, or whether the peel would be all mixed up and sound awful, Jamie concluded. He glanced sidelong at Reverend Kobach. We just wanted to see, so we did it today for the bell ringer's practice. We wouldn't have done it on a Sunday. Therese knew all three normally had music lessons. In light of that, their curiosity was understandable. She was even a touch impressed by their enthusiasm in pursuing such an intellectual question. While I might admire your ingenuity, no, that wouldn't do. Keeping her expression stony and unrevealing, she stated, I believe you've had your answer, and now, O oh Reverend Colbatch, an apology. All three immediately turned to the minister and murmured their humblest apologies. Reverend Colbatch humphed. Mm, yes, well, it's not just me you scamps have inconvenienced. Poor Deacon Filbert was deeply shocked and rattled by the noise. It was he who climbed up and untangled your handiwork. But by then it was too late for the bell ringers to practice. I suppose it's just as well, Therese calmly put in, that the bell ringers aren't preparing for any competition at the moment. Indeed. Reverend Kobach frowned at the children. But that noise was a horrendous assault on the hearing of all those about the church. Therese eyed the three culprits. And where were you three when the bells started? The trio returned her gaze as if she should have known. In the graveyard, Jamie said. We had to be near enough to hear the results clearly. Once again, compressing her lips against a smile, Therese nodded, then looked at the minister. Reverend Colbatch, please accept my apologies as well. I have clearly been remiss in not keeping these three in better line. If you have any recommendations as to punishments, I will willingly entertain them. She knew very well that with no children of his own, the Reverend was a soft touch for any youngster, but having arrived in the village only four days before, her three scallywags didn't know that. They looked with faint trepidation at the minister. Reverend Colbatch hummed and frowned at the three. Eventually, he offered, as there was no lasting damage done, and as it appears you were motivated by academic interest, I dare say if you will come to service on Sunday and apologise humbly to Deacon Filbert, we might say no more about it. Jamie and George assured him that they would indeed apologise most humbly. Lottie contented herself with a huge-eyed nod, Therese judged it time to reassert control. I believe, she stated in her most uncontestable tones, that I can assure you and Deacon Filbert and the poor bell-ringers who must have sustained quite a shock as well that nothing of a similar nature will ever happen again. She fixed her gaze on her grandchildren. Will it? We definitely won't do that again, Jamie vowed. 
Lottie solemnly nodded. George nodded too, but in a mumble added, Now we know what happens, there's no need for us to do it again. The irrefutable logic of children. Therese swept forward. Wait there, she murmured to the children as she passed them. With one graceful arm, she gathered Reverend Colbatch and turned him to the drawing-room door. Thank you for bringing them home, Reverend. Rest assured, I will discipline them appropriately. She saw the minister to the front door, with assurances that she, along with the three children, would certainly attend Sunday service, that indeed she was quite looking forward to it, which was true. Reverend Colbatch's sermons were short and succinct, and Therese now had the added incentive of seeing how her grandchildren met the challenge of placating Deacon Filbert, who was a fussy little man, rather over-fond of drama.